wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. This was the worst episode of Monday Night Raw I have seen all year. Or was it? We're going to be talking about it here today on WrestleRant Radio for September 24th, 2020. I am Graham Jesus and Matthews. What would you say, Mr. Marcel? Welcome back to the show about uh, we're talking Raw here today. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it was one of the worst Raws I've seen in probably the last few years. I, don't even, I think I'd go even further than this year. It was probably one of the worst Raws I've seen in the last few years. And you've been watching for quite some time. So for you to say this was one of the worst Raws that you have seen in several years, is also saying something considering how bad this show has been at times. And I will be the first one to admit, we have also discussed this over text, I am not a fan of when people unfairly judge Raw, criticize Raw, call it a terrible show, even though it wasn't great, because I feel like a lot of people nowadays, if it's not a great, great show with several notable moments or good wrestling or whatever, they automatically call it a terrible show. And I'm usually the one to say, hey, it's a middle-of-the-road show, it's not a bad show, but it's not a great show, it was a show. But this was by far a terrible show. And there is no way to defend it, no way to praise it. Not everything on the show was great, or was terrible, I'm sorry. There were some enjoyable moments. But to say that the bad far outweighed the good would be a massive, massive understatement. I feel like it was one of those shows, especially for you, Mr. Marceau, where after you're done with that, where you out loud say to yourself, that was a terrible show. And it almost makes you angry thinking about it in the 24 hours that follow about how bad that show actually was. It was just one of those shows like halfway through. I'm like, God, this show's been pretty bad so far. And then the more I kept watching, I'm like, this show sucks. And then kept watching. I'm like, wow, it's worse than I even I thought it was. And then just got worse and worse and worse. It just, I just did. I don't think I like looked at everything, looked it over again. Like, I'm like, maybe I'm being dramatic. Maybe I missed a few things. I literally don't think... I can't think of one positive thing I saw on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I would say... I'll, I'll go through it. I'll try to defend it. I'll play devil's advocate at certain points and uh, and talk about some good things that they did. But overall, it was an awful show. And we'll get to it. And this is amazing, too, because I, I would really have to go back and watch it, read the results. I haven't before we started recording here today. But there was another episode of Raw a couple of weeks ago that I thought was terrible, too. And that was the night after SummerSlam. And the episode of WrestleRant Radio for that week was literally... WWE follows up a great SummerSlam with an awful episode of Raw. What the hell happened? And I, again, I would have to go out of my way to read what happened. I know Keith Lee debuted on that show, and it was the non-finish, and Retribution was on the show, and all that other bullshit. But this might have been worse. Just because it's also indicative of a lot of other issues that the company has right now were clearly showcased on this show. Just to prove how dull, not just the overall product, because I think SmackDown has a few things I'm liking right now, NXT especially as well. But Raw specifically is just a fucking dumpster fire right now. Specifically with the retribution bullshit, Raw Underground still being just a mess in certain respects. We'll get all into it today. To the point where we're actually recording this early on a Wednesday. We're not even waiting until NXT. We're not waiting until Dynamite. We still have Clash of Champions predictions to get to. We're devoting this entire episode here today 
to determine and analyze, this is my purpose of the show here today, to determine whether this actually was one of, if not the worst shows of the year. Because it's very easy for wrestling fans to over-exaggerate and say, oh, that show sucked. And then when you kind of think about it a couple days later, you're like, yeah, actually it wasn't really that bad, whatever. I, You know, we're a couple days removed from this show. I think it's safe to say that it was one of the worst shows all year. I think it's, it's, it's pretty easy to say that, wouldn't it, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, like I said, I mean, we're going to go through it here coming up, but besides a couple things on the top of my head I thought of that were like, I'm like, okay, that wasn't great, but wasn't terrible. I just like looking at, in my head right now, thinking of it, I'm like, a lot of things were just dumb, didn't make any sense, terrible build up the Clash of Champions, especially, like that's another thing people aren't even thinking of. Yep. Like, it wasn't just a bad show, it just had, it gave no casual fan any incentive to go watch Clash of Champions on Sunday. Like, why would any casual fan want to watch Clash of Champions on Sunday after that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a terrible job of hyping up the show. As a go-home show, it sucked. As a show show, it sucked. As any, it just as a wrestling show, it was terrible. Just overall, a complete waste of three hours of entertainment. And I, I told you before we went live here, I actually did not watch it live live. I caught up at 9.15. But I didn't start watching at 9.15. I started from the beginning at 9.15. And I caught up until... I think I, I think I ended the show at 11.05. And the show actually ends at 11. So I essentially caught up to live time. Which goes to show how much filler and bullshit, and recaps, and just nonsensical, unnecessary filler there is on this show. And I I always watch, like, even the matches I don't care about, I still watch them. I watch the 24-7 stuff to keep up with it. Um, I, I think I skipped an Aaliyah segment by accident. I went out of my way to go out of... I saw it on the WWE YouTube channel when she went up to Ray or something backstage. I actually didn't see that the first time. I had to watch it the next day. I, I forgot about that. But other than that, this show completely sucked. Um, before we go any further, though, people can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. we got new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play. We're all over the place, so rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. we got new episodes every single Thursday. Uh, we normally do do the uh, NXT reviews, Dynamite reviews. Next week, we actually are doing the TakeOver predictions and I want to call it something, but I don't think there's a name yet for this takeover. I think as of right now, until they give it a name tonight on NXT, it's just a standard takeover. So I'm looking forward to that based off what's um, currently lined up for that event. We'll get a better idea of the card tonight on NXT. By the time this goes up, it would have been last night. Um, any update, Mr. Marceau, on being able to watch TakeOver with yours truly and Alexis on uh, Sunday the 4th? No update yet, but it's looking positive. I'm looking positive. Well, I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's almost five years removed from when I was at your dorm watching TakeOver Respects. It would be quite fitting to watch that show with Mr. Marceau next Sunday. An actual good use of wrestling time as opposed to uh, this awful episode of Raw on, on Monday night. So we'll start from the beginning here. Retribution starts the show. Okay, and I skipped over the intro. I skip over the intro usually whenever I'm watching on a delay. I actually skip over to the part where we see Retribution in the ring with their masks off. And I'm like, did they walk out like this? And they actually walked out with the masks on. They take the masks off, but they're still wearing masks. Mia Yim has a mask on where it looks like, I'm thinking, are they doing this for COVID? Or are they doing this to look cool? And it was obviously the latter because Dominic Dijakovic, or I'm sorry, Mace or T-Bar, or it's not Slapjack. Slapjack was the other guy. He's wearing this Bane-ass looking mask looking like he's supposed to be a badass. He shaved his head. He has, like, the Road Warrior face paint on. By the way, actually, before we go any further, I completely forgot to mention that. Your quick thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on the passing of Road Warrior Animal on Wednesday. I thought that was pretty shocking. Yeah, I mean, I just saw that this morning. Definitely uh, pretty sad to see see what happened to Road Warrior Animal. I obviously didn't watch back in 
the 80s, 90s when he was uh, wrestling. But I did see his uh, return with Heidenreich back in, uh, I think it was 2004. <laughs> yeah, 2004, 05, I think. I mean, he still could go in the ring at that point. I mean, Heidenreich was terrible, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've seen the, I've gone back through like the archives and watched some of their matches. I love the documentary on uh, Dark Side of the Ring about Hawk. I mean, so they had him in there as well. But no, definitely sad to see a, a WWE legend and uh, it's a crazy year. Yeah, only 62, only 60 years old, crazy stuff. But uh, as of this recording, I'm not sure what he passed away from, but I know he celebrated an anniversary on Tuesday, and he died, I think, either late Tuesday night or early Wednesday. But either way, really sad stuff. But Dominic Dijakovic, and I hate to even compare the two because Road Warrior Animal, compared to this shit, is just, a, is just a god compared to the crap that we saw on Monday. So he's wearing the Road Warrior face paint. He's got the mask on. You can clearly tell who it is. Mia Yim, there's literally nothing left of the imagination. You know it's Mia Yim. She's got the blue hair. You can see her face. They don't distort their voices. We see Mercedes Martinez. She looks exactly as you would expect her to. She has no, I don't think they had any real face paint on. They had like mini masks, but you could tell it was her. There was another guy in there wearing like, he thought it was fucking Friday the 13th wearing the Jason mask. Um, I didn't know who that was in the moment. I found out later from John Ritland, shout out to him, that it was actually Shane Thorne. And that guy's name was Slapjack, so... Couldn't really tell who it is in the moment, but that was actually Shane Thorne. So they come out, cut a promo, talking about how they've actually been granted contracts now. They got contracts to work for Raw, and a lot of people had an issue with that. My thing with that, to defend it, it makes absolutely no sense. They're here wreaking havoc, they're destroying the show, beating the fuck out of people. Why were they given a contract? I am willing, and I probably shouldn't do this, to give WWE the benefit of the doubt, and that I think there might be someone on the inside giving them access to the buildings, giving them access to Monday Night Raw, access to the superstars, the Thunderdome, Performance Center, whatever, and giving them a contract. Because otherwise, this makes absolutely no fucking sense why they would be given a contract for literally nothing. I hated the Aces and Eights, but they at least explained why those guys were in the impact zone. They had to win a match for it or something. The very least you could have done was say that if Retribution beats the Hurt Business tonight on Raw, they earn contracts or they're able to access the building or something. Nope, these guys just got contracts out of nowhere. So I'm really, really, really hoping. I I fucking hate Shane as like this evil authority figure, but whether he's tied to this, whether it be Vince, it could be very well Triple H who's in charge of NXT, I don't know. But these guys, Dominic even said that, yo, you collect your paychecks like whores. That was supposed to be like this big line, I guess. Um, you know, they didn't get called up, I guess, when everyone else did. I guess that's the problem here. I'm not exactly sure um, why they would even be on the main roster. I don't know why they would want to be there. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what this is supposed to be. Now, I will praise WWE for finally moving forward with the story. Because I said last week here on the show with you, Mr. Marceau, you said the same thing. We've seen the same shit from these guys for so long. They had to move forward this story. They progressed it. But it was an awful progression to the story because it's, I think, even worse than it was before. Because they're trying... It's not like they take off the masks and Tom Phillips, who was back this week, was like, oh, it's Dominic Dijakovic or, oh, it's Mia Yim, both of whom have appeared on WWE TV before, not just NXT. They're completely pretending, from what it looks like, that they're not who we thought they were. They're just completely ignoring it. So what the fuck is going on here, Mr. Marceau? Honestly, I have no idea. I just... We discussed this last week. We complained about that there was zero progression with them. And I was like, why would people care? This week, they, I, I, I guess there was a reveal. I mean, we kind of figured who they were, but slight reveal. One thing I need to just get out the bat, 
can you just cut the shit with the with the wonky camera? Can we stop? It's we awful. Get it. That's another thing. I we get it. We get it. They're like radicals. Like, don't give me like a heart attack with the camera. I, I don't care. Does not make me th- feel like they're like? Do they have a cat guy holding the camera? Like, they have a camera guide as well? Like, I just don't get that. Like, oh, they're badasses, so we're going to rattle the, the camera around. It's just, like, gives me a headache. It's just annoying. Um, like you said, the masks look silly as hell. Um, it just, I just, wasn't the greatest way. I wouldn't even say it's, well, they've already debuted, but I would say this is more of, like, a formal debut. Um, I just, I think it might go down as one of the worst of all time. I think these guys... The guys, at least, with the stupid names, I think they're going to be extremely on a tightrope with, with this gimmick. I, I, I mean, this will probably go down as one of the dumbest gimmicks. I'm, I'm going to go down now and say it's one of the dumbest gimmicks of all time. Mace, T-Bar, and Slapjack. I mean, no one could take them seriously. At least Yim and, I mean, Mercedes, I, I don't know if they're going to have some stupid names as well. But at least they look the same. They have masks on, but you know it's them. They don't have some stupid Bane-looking mask on. It's just silly, and uh, I just I fear for these guys. I just don't see it. I think it's not going to end out well. I just don't. I just don't think anyone at this point is taking these people seriously, nor should they. Um, and I, I I think they might be dead in the water before it even gets any traction. How difficult is it going to be for these guys, the core four or five members of this group, to bounce back from this? And to be able to have actual successful singles careers coming out of retribution whenever this shit ends. It, at least for the, I think the women, if they don't, like I said, if they don't give them any goofy masks and kind of stick on, the masks they had on, on Raw were fine. You, you could tell who the hell they were. The other guys had masks on, so, I mean, most people could figure out who they were, but at least it wasn't as silly and cartoony as the other ones were. So I think the women should be fine unless they go on another kind of reveal of them and they're like, chimpanzee and goofy i don't know whatever (laughs) stupid names like the other guys they might be in deep trouble but uh yeah i just it's just it'll be one of those trivia questions like it's gonna be a bad one too it's one that you're never never gonna want to remember who was taste me oh my god i didn't want to say their names they're so stupid i just i heard reports that people backstage are laughing at them and they already see as a joke because they look like a joke Mm-hmm. Supposed to be this radical team. I, I would say at first, yeah, have them with like the masks on. I would have wouldn't even have them play the people that were attacking them. I would have the big reveal be like the actual members because I feel like the last few weeks we knew who kind of was in the group. But uh, like, why the face paint? Why the goofy masks? I just I don't see any positive. And I think of anything, it just looks cheesy and like 1990s ask WWE with a cartoony look of it. It doesn't make me like fear these people. It makes me want to laugh at them. What does this mean for the other 20 members of the group that we saw on Raw this week backstage get their asses handed to them by the Hurt Business? Are, are these guys signed? Are we going to find out who they are? What the fuck is the point of them being there? Yeah, I, I saw that on, on Monday night, and I'm like, what the hell? We're going to have 30 members now. I don't I don't know. It's silly. It kind of feels like, not obviously, it's not the same thing, but it's like the Creepers with Dark Order. It's like, yep. what the hell are these people doing here? They have no, like, they're part of the act, but, like, they look like just, like, your normal Joe Schmo at the at the grocery store, like clerk attendant, they're not even like look like they're a wrestler. So I, I don't know, but um, it's just stupid. I think it's just I think they. I thought that maybe they thought it was a good idea, but to most people, no one could give two shits about these guys. I don't know how you could because they just have been debuted terribly. 
they went from chainsaw and the ring ropes to just like wrestling now. It just it's just weird. I think they they tried for like a more badass group and it just failed. It flopped miserably. Definitely. I mean, we'll see where they go from here, but it's not off to a strong start. So as if that wasn't a terrible enough opening to the show. I again, I, I appreciated the promo and that they attempted to establish a motive for these guys. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, that wasn't the greatest way to start the show. We had the Hurt Business come out, they brawl with them, they set up the main event. Simple enough, but just the appearance of these guys looks goofy as all hell. So, if that wasn't infuriating enough, we get to a triple threat tag team match here, where the winners will earn an opportunity to compete against Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team titles this Sunday at Clash of Champions. As soon as this was announced on Friday, or Thursday, Friday, whatever, three teams, all makeshift teams. Now, if you ask me who would I put there instead, honestly, I don't even know. I would put the fucking Hurt Business in there for one thing. I think Cedric and Shelton can be a tag team, Shelton and MVP. Any two members of the group that aren't Bobby Lashley, who was already the United States champion, would make way more sense than any of the three teams in this match. You had Andrade and Angel Garza, who already beat the shit out of each other a week ago, brawling backstage. Zelina Vega abandoned them, so it would seem to, you know, it would stand to reason, okay, they're going to split up, have their own singles feud. I don't love the idea, but they've buried these guys six feet under with multiple losses to the Street Profits. So why are they back on the same page? Because they showed zero signs of tension on Monday night. You have them. You got Seth Rollins and Murphy. After Rollins beat the fuck out of Murphy last week, they're back to teaming. And Rollins walked off on him anyway. What was the point? And then we have Dominic Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo, which I honestly don't mind as a pairing. I think that's kind of cool. Um, and maybe Carrillo can kind of help Dominic improve. And I think that would be a way to keep Dominic on the show. Um, they didn't establish why they were teaming or why, like they have no sort of friendship on screen alliance. So that was kind of random. Had they explained it, I probably would have liked it even more than they did. But that was weird. So I kind of figured they would win. You know, maybe just because they're fresh teams. Nope, we had Andrade and Angel Garza win. So on Sunday for, I think, the 505th time or 506th time, I forgot which one, but they're going to be facing the Stray Profits for the Raw Tag Team titles. Yet again, Mr. Marceau, this division is in the fucking shitter. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. We discussed it last week. We thought they were just going to do a unification with Cesaro and Shinsuke. I guess that's not the direction they're going in right now. <laughs> nope. Maybe they're going to wait. Maybe they're going to wait till. uh until Survivor Series to do that, but I mean, they were teasing it now, and then all of a sudden they kind of went in the top, total opposite direction, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, but yeah, the teams, I didn't hate Carrillo and Dominic, I, I'm assuming they were going to team Ray and Dominic up, and then obviously Ray got hurt, obviously I wanted to say, oh, just put another Hispanic wrestler with Dominic, I'll just replace him, that's kind of silly, but Dominic, or Carrillo and Ray have had some, some like alliance lately, so it wasn't too out of the ordinary, like I said, I think they were going to do Dominic and Ray, and then since Ray got hurt, they just put him with Umberto instead, which he hasn't really done much of. So I don't hate that. Andrade and Angel Garza, like you said, they literally broke up last week, basically. Selena left them. They beat the crap out of each other backstage. Now they're all of a sudden back on the same page. I mean, makes no sense. And then even worse was Rollins and Murphy. That made no sense. Like, he literally beat the hell out of them after the match last week. Clearly thought they were done. Probably going in a direction with Rollins and Murphy. Nope, they're teaming up again, and then Rollins just ditches them. Like, what is Murphy like the dumbest guy around? Like, why, <laughs> yeah. would, you, like, why would you trust Rollins after he beat the shit out of you the last like month? Like, you've been help, like, even though he didn't, you know, he didn't even screw. It would be one thing if Rollins had lost that match last week against Dominic because of the interference. It, it like slowed Rollins down, but Rollins still won the match. I mean, obviously he made a mistake and hit him at the door, but 
you make he made it seem like he cost him the match. So Murphy just comes off as the dumbest guy ever, um, and the match was what it was. I thought Dominic and Career would win, be a nice little new feud. Nope, we're doing Andrade and Garza first Street Profits for the five hundredth and eighth time. You got it wrong. Fuck gotcha, gotcha. Eighth. A couple times off there. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yeah, th- this division desperately needs help. It's pretty bad. It's even worse than the AEW women's division, and that's that's pretty. That needs help too. This is even worse because now we're just getting the same matches over and over, and it's ridiculous. They really should have just unified the tag titles. And I never thought I would say that, but it's pretty evident at this point. That's exactly what they should have done. We had the KO show with Kevin Owens and none other than his arch rival Shane McMahon, and they acknowledged the history. But why would Kevin Owens agree to have this guy on a show to begin with? He fucking hates Shane. I just, I didn't understand that. If the guy was heel, if he turned heel since then, I would get it. Kevin Owens is still a babyface. It makes no sense for these two to continue teaming. Or I'm sorry, to continue like being on the same page, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was dumb. He said it was more because he wanted Dabba Kato on the show. I don't know. They just get Dabba Kato. I don't know. This whole thing didn't really make a lot of sense. This was one of the least offensive parts of the show, but it still wasn't one of my favorites. Um, So Aleister Black attack KO. That feed's not over. Maybe a match on Sunday. I'm not sure. And then Braun and Dabakato went face to face to set up the Raw Underground match later on in the night. That was won by Raw, that was won by Braun Strowman. The Raw Underground stuff, I don't really mind to be honest with you. I thought I would hate it. It's just the camera cuts and the goofy angles and shit that really fucking just annoy me, and it makes it almost unbearable to watch. Um, but what were your thoughts on this segment, Mister Marceau? No, I, I thought I thought the segment was like you said, kind of weird. Shane and Owens have had history recently. They just kind of, like you said, he, oh, I want Dabakato on the show. So I think if Shane, like, just, like you said, just get Dabakato on the show. Is Shane his manager now? Like, mm-hmm. there hasn't really been any uh, news there. So that was kind of weird. Um, are we just going to dive into Raw Underground now? or Yeah, just get into it now. Yeah, yeah, fine. yeah no, I, I actually, th- I've actually not, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I, I would say the Raw Underground stuff lately has been pretty good. I think that was probably one of the positives on this show now that I've been thinking about it a little bit more. I enjoy, I like you said, the camera angles and, it is kind of goofy, like they're not really hitting each other, so it's kind of like fake shoot fighting. But no, I, I kind of enjoyed this episode. Um, Dolphin, can't remember the guy's name. I think it was, that was, think it was oh, Eric, right? No, no, I'm sorry. It was um, it was Arturo Ross or whatever his name is. I was yeah. going to say, Arturo Rojas. That was good. That was a good little fight. Riddick Moss and... Uh, Wasn't that Eric? Yeah, it was Eric. That was good. And then Braun and Delbicato. I thought they were both done really well. Um I just, I think it's good and something different. Just what's the end game? That's kind of my 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 thing with the whole ground ground is it's just I've I've enjoyed it for what it's been, but like, is there an end game? They're just going to do this and like, not like I really need a championship, but like, what's the end game of like being the badass around? Is it just 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 to say it? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. But no, I would I would definitely say on this episode of Raw that was probably the thing I enjoyed the most. I'm not sure if I've asked this before, but do you think they should translate the 24-7 championship, which serves absolutely no purpose at this point, and the segments they did on the show with Truth and Tozawa? Listen, I love Truth. I'm a Tozawa fan, too. This shit was so dumb. The shark thing at the beach. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. It's just a waste of time. And they've been doing this 24-7 shit for way too long now. I guess it's better than being chased around the arena. They haven't done that in a while, thank God. But it's still just a complete waste of time. And I would rather see that championship turned into a lot like in TNA back in the day. They turned the Legends Championship or whatever AJ Styles had or Booker T or something into a television title. I don't want this to be a television title, but it could be the Raw Underground Championship. I think that would be better than fighting for nothing, really, in my opinion. 
No, I agree. I think the 24-7 stuff's, I mean, I would say a while ago it kind of came and gone, but they're still doing it. It just, that segment on Raw was five minutes or however long it was that I'll never get <laughs> back. I watched it. I thought it was going to be stupid. It was really stupid. Did literally nothing, and it was just a waste of time that I'm never going to get back. I, I'm over the whole 24-7 thing. It's a jobber belt. No one really gives a shit. I just, I think at first it was a neat idea. But then when you see every guy running around the arena for 20 minutes, taking up TV time when there's way more important stuff as well. Like, the 24-7 championship gets TV time every freaking week. And no one gives a shit. The title means nothing. I like our truth He's entertaining for what he is, I guess. But, like, no one cares at this point. The title means nothing. He contends with Akira Tozawa. No one cares about him. It's not even like it's people that you care about. It's just a bunch of random jobbers to get them on TV. I would just nix the whole thing, or yeah, I would just nix the whole thing because it's literally every week five minutes that would just waste of raw that just could be used for something else. Well, I think the original idea was to make it exclusive. I think to the third hour of Raw and give it something exciting to do. That new third hour idea, per the USA Network, because it was their idea, I believe the executives over there is Raw Underground now. And I think I find that more bearable as much as people hate it. I fucking hate the camera cuts, but the concept itself has grown on me to an extent. Maybe just because everything else on the show is so bad, um, but I've actually come to like the variety in the Raw Underground segments and whatnot. So I would just scrap the 24-7 shit altogether. Truth and go do something else. Tazawa, I, I love the guy, but this might be the only thing keeping him employed, to be honest with you, because this shit is just a complete joke. How he survived the budget cuts and all those other people didn't, is just beyond me. And again, I, I say that as a fan of his. I'm just shocked he's still around because they clearly have no plans for this guy. They would rather give him a stereotypical racist ninja gimmick than... I mean, listen, we, we joke about the chopsticks and stuff. The ninja shit is just dumb. It's fucking stupid. It's really dumb. And it's not even entertaining. It's just stupid. and just a complete waste of the guy. But we'll move along here to the WWE Champion Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee match. No title on the line. But if Keith... So this is another thing I want to ask you. If Keith Lee won here, a lot like he would have last week, which we never got an answer to because it was like a no contest or some shit, I don't know. If Keith Lee won here, he would have faced Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions in an ambulance match, which makes no sense. I guess if Orton couldn't go, because this was before Orton returned here on the show. So they would have done Keith and Drew instead. But what if Keith won and Orton returned anyway? What would have happened? Would that have been a triple threat match? And also, if Drew won and Keith didn't get the title shot and Orton didn't return, would Drew just not defend on Sunday despite it being like every champion has to defend their title? That just was very confusing to me personally because they never once said, oh, it would be a triple threat. It was one or the other. Just It just made no sense to me personally. Yeah, this whole feud has been weird and kind of bizarre. Like, Adam Pearce said, oh, if uh, you lose to... Uh to Keith and and, Drew, and Randy can't go, then it's for the title. Then it ends in no contest. I'm pretty sure Randy was back at that point. So I'm like, okay. But then they faced again last night, and then Randy attacked him again. I'm like, okay. So like you said, if, if say that Keith did win, Randy's already back, so would it be a triple threat ambulance match? They really have done really bad with this this whole feud. I just, I feel bad for Keith because he's just kind of stuck in it. I don't think he is, I don't know why they have him in it. I feel like he has no real bearings of it, but I don't know. I just, there's so much shit going on. I just, I've really just given up on the Drew Randy feud. There's just so much going on. I really don't care at this point. 
The non-finishes, I think, are the worst part about this feud. The feud itself, I haven't really minded. It's quickly lost my interest just because it's the same thing every week. Keith and Orton, Drew and Orton, Orton and Drew, or Orton and Lee, or whatever, uh, McIntyre and Lee. They've run this match into the ground. They've only done it twice. I feel like I've seen it six times. And the matches are fine. I hate the non-finishes. If you don't want either guy to get pinned, which I get, because McIntyre, I don't think he's been pinned in close to a year. Lee has not been pinned yet on Raw. Then why would you even do the match to begin with? I mean, honestly, a contract signing would make more sense. This was just a complete waste of time because it also ended in a DQ. I actually really liked Orton's promo. I thought it was a solid promo, the whole ambulance thing. Oh, I feel like the legend that I put in the ambulance before. I actually like that. But I just, I've quickly found myself losing interest in a feud that I thought was actually really good going into SummerSlam. Yeah, well, yeah, I completely agree. I think the promo Randy Day was good, but the feud itself, it just taking so many turns, I just don't care at this point. We'll get to our predictions later as far as that is concerned. But another match we know also is, confir- is uh, confirmed for Clash of Champions on Sunday. That being Oscar versus Zelina Vega for the Raw Women's Championship. After Zelina thankfully beat Mickey, and I and not say thankfully as in like I didn't want Mickey to win, as in it's better than just saying I, I honestly thought they would just announce Asuka and Vega as being the match, despite the fact that Vega has literally never won a singles match on Raw. I think she beat Lana twice a couple of years ago on SmackDown. That's literally it. She never wins. She's never in the ring. So for them to outright announce the match would have been a complete joke. This isn't much better, but at least she did something to earn it because Mickey technically wasn't beaten last week. The referee called for the bell before she could actually tap out or whatever. Um, so I'm glad they had her earn it. The match was fine. I'm not saying Vega's terrible. I think she's just a lot better as a manager. And I think it's going to work out a little better than the Lana push. But for them to think Vega's going to be a bigger star because she broke away from these two, from Andrade and Garza, a lot like Alexa Bliss. Like, she was with Murphy and um, Wesley Blake for so long. They thought, oh, okay, like... You know, she'll be a big star like like Alexa Bliss was when she broke away from them. Nope, I, I just don't, I don't get that sense. She's a great talker and whatnot, but in the ring, she just really isn't anything special. And I really do hope she goes in there on Sunday, fucking kills it, and they steal the show. I just don't see that happening. Um, I just can't bring myself to care about Vega and Asuka. So uh, what are your thoughts, RJ? No, I, this is a decent little match. I didn't want to say it was the greatest women's match I've ever seen in my life, but I want to say it was the worst. That was pretty good. Um, I like Vega as a manager. She's good enough in the ring. I think it's possible to have her pushed. I just I would have her been built up a little bit more than immediately going for the title just to beat her. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens on Sunday. I mean, it's on the kickoff show, so <laughs> I'm not expecting Vega to win here. I think this is just a. It seems like it's just a filler until uh, maybe Shayna or someone. I would probably say Peyton down the line, but. Um, We'll see what happens. I just I like Vega a lot. I think she's decent enough in the ring that the push could work. It just I would have built her up more before immediately giving her a title shot. There was also a lot of um, frustration from fans over the fact that it was positioned in the kickoff show for the pay per view. I'll get to that later. Um, people are relating it to Big Swole and and Britt Baker, which I mean that match sucked anyway. But I mean I understood that putting that on the kickoff show. I understand putting this. I, I understand. I'm sorry. The, the the want for that to be on the main card. And I'll get to my thoughts on that later. Or I'll ask you about that as we get closer to the predictions itself because I, I have uh, a couple questions about that. But we also got Apollo Crews and Cedric on the show, Cedric Alexander. Uh, Apollo won. Apollo won with, I think, a roll-up or something. I like this. It wasn't a great match, but for the time given, I thought it was fun. They work well together. Um, I want to see Cedric more with Ricochet and Crews because I think the matches could be great. 
they would rather give five minutes to a retribution promo or a 24-7 bullshit thing or whatever else than give these guys 10 minutes. I felt like this match went five or six minutes, if that. It was a very short match, it felt like. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't have the time in front of me. But Apollo wins, which, you know what? It didn't bother me. Apollo is getting his rematch for the United States Championship on Sunday at the pay-per-view against Bobby Lashley. So I didn't really mind this at all. Um, it was a fine way to further the feud, but beyond Bobby and Cruz on Sunday, we gotta move the fuck away from the Hurt Business versus Cruz and Ricochet. I'm fine with Cedric feuding with those guys, because there's still some bad blood there, but with the entire group, they gotta move on, because I feel like we've seen every combination of these guys against each other for the last three months now. No, I completely agree. I think they've done this to death. Um, I don't know how many times you said the match has been done. Felt like I've seen Apollo and them so many times. I get mixed up who he's facing. I, I'm like, oh, Apollo's facing him. It, they need to move away from it. Like you said, maybe him and Cedric, but I just they just need to move away. I feel like it's been done to death. But um, that was a good match. I, I don't. Know. I think they've done Bobby and Apollo a few times, so we'll be getting it again on Sunday. But hopefully, move on from it after that, and we can go a separate direction. I feel bad for Apollo because it'll probably be. Going back to main event or superstars, but um, we just got to move on. Just got to yeah. move on. Completely agree. They got to move on from this stuff. I've enjoyed the matches. I mean, I li- again, I-, I like Cedric feuding with the guys, but the entire group as a whole, it just seems like we've seen it done to death. And Bobby's got to move on to new challengers beyond Clash of Champions. Um, so we got the <laughs> we got the Seth Rollins segment with Rey Mysterio and the Mysterio family. God, I just thought this was terrible. So they tried to recreate the Eddie Guerrero thing from 15 years ago, which they made it work. The storyline itself sucked with the whole custody of Dominic thing because it's just so soap opery. I just think it's dumb. Uh, but they made it work, which is why it's so so many people remember it so fondly because Ray's great. Eddie kind of made it work, and he was great in that heel role. He's such an asshole. And the matches were very good too. To do it again 15 years later, it just felt like they were throwing shit at the wall. What do we do to continue this feud? We really don't want it to be over yet which makes no sense, because I said last week here on the show, as did you, Rollins wins three times, what more can you milk out of this feud? And they just squeeze every fucking drop. They don't. These aren't even drops at this point. This is nothing. They have nothing left. They already squeezed every ounce out of that feud. This is just grasping for straws here. So, Rollins claims that Dominic isn't Ray's son. We've been down this road before. I'm glad they acknowledge that. They're like, we know he's his son. This is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm sorry, it's actually Aaliyah that may not be related to you. Even though she looks exactly like the mom. But I'm sure that wasn't the whole point of the segment. I think the point was to to tease tension within the Mysterio family. They did have Aaliyah... uh, They did have Buddy go up to Aaliyah... uh, I'm sorry, Murphy go up to Aaliyah and apologize for whatever he did. And they kind of had that moment there. And then she got pissed at Ray. And she's like, oh, I'm a naive 19-year-old little girl. Like, you know, whatever. Um, that's what she said to her dad. So I don't know, dude. I just thought this was trash. I don't want to see this feud continue. I don't know where it's going. It just feels like, like it has no end game. It's hurting everyone involved here. I just thought this was a compl- and it went on way too long, dude. This segment dragged on forever. So this was just. I praise Rollins for making it work. I think you know the mic work is good. The actual material they're given to work with is just complete shit. Jeez, kid is pooping all over. I've actually, like I said, I, I not that I like booked this to a T, but I, I thought this is the direction they were going to go in, and, and I mean, it seems like that's the direction they're going, and I, I just, I, I just don't think they're doing it correctly, like you said, we don't need to rehash the whole Dominic, Eddie thing again, like, I understand they acknowledge it, but I'm like, okay, we already know that, it's not true, so that's stupid, 
And then he goes, oh, I actually talking about Leah. And like you said, she looks just like Angie. So, I mean, come on. Stupid anyways. But um, I just wouldn't have I, – I, I would just move on from Rollins. I just don't know why he's teaming with Murphy anymore. Seems kind of dumb and why Murphy has any alliance with him. I, I thought it was done well for what they were given. Um, I just – I think if anything, I would have just had them do like a backseat segment with like Charlie or someone else and they'd be like, oh, like – Last week was tough for Dominic. Looked like, oh, like, looked like Aaliyah showed some sympathy for Murphy. Like, what do you think about that, Ray? And then he could have gone the line, like, like, she's my daughter. Like, we taught her to always show respect and always be passionate, yada, yada, yada. Like, she just had compassion. Like, but, like, then say the same line. Like, oh, yeah, she had compassion, but she's, like, a naive kid. Then have her storm off from there. And then you do the, then Murphy goes and talks to her. And then down the line, you do something. I feel like there, there's a turn coming somewhere. It's not even like I really like the feud because I don't think she's even training or have any involvement in wrestling. So I don't really get the end game at all. But if you're going to do it, do it correctly. That's my issue with this whole feud. I don't even really think it needs to be done. But that's the direction they're going in. That's the direction I saw them going in. But if you're going to do it, at least do it correctly. Don't just like slap all this together and make it so convoluted that no one understands and no one cares. I just I think if they did it correctly, they would have Murphy show sympathy to her that obviously clearly she feels disrespect from her parents now, and then she can say down the line that Murphy cares about her or shows sympathy to her when they all they care about is Dominic. I feel like that's the direction they're going in. I just don't think the setup was done correctly. I just My whole issue with this is that I think Dominic had a lot of great will coming out of those matches he had with Rollins, the tag team match with Payback, which stole the show. I just don't know why you need the Mysterio family on TV when there's just so many other people they're not already using. I think that might be one of my biggest issues with this whole thing. And it's, I go ahead. I think I think they keep using Ray cuz he's a he's like a household name and people know him. No, no, I understand so, that. No, yeah. they don't know his kids. They're still like he's still in the picture. I think that's I mean, not that I think that's the right the way to do, but it's like to the casual person, they probably know Ray Mysterio is compared to Apollo Crews or Cedric or all these like not random people but to our casual people they don't know who that is or even like someone that used to watch wrestling tunes in there oh Rey Mysterio and they kind of like get the, the recognition from there like I said I don't think the, the storyline's been great but if you're gonna do it at least do it correctly no well I think not Ray. I mean I, I understand Ray being on the show he's under contract to resign he's hurt right now but he should be back at some point but like as opposed to just having him manage like like help get Carrillo over, help him manage Carrillo and Dominic, and maybe they're saving that title win for when Dominic and Ray can win it together. But why not have Mysterio just manage them as opposed to, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I have no issue with the mom or the daughter. It's not like I'm saying, oh, their acting is terrible. I just don't see what the point is when you already have other people you're not doing stuff with, and it's not like the story is overly great. Like, I guess they just want to pivot from what they had of the Mysterio family. I got why they were on the show to begin with. I just think with the Dominic thing running its course, if you're not going to have him continue teaming with Ray, which they probably will do, I mean, I said NXT, but if they're going to do the Ray thing, I get it, but I just don't think you need the daughter involved is my thing, because I, I just think Rollins and Murphy writes itself even without them involved, because I've told you before, I just think, you know, we were talking about what do you do with Rollins, and I pitched a couple names, I mean... Not they're not great. Like Ricochet means absolutely nothing. But you can have Rollins try to make him something. That I think or Apollo too, um, even though Apollo is a little more relevant because he was just champion. 
But I, I just think Moff, Murphy and Rollins writes itself. Or do you think it's a case where they just want to break up Rollins for Murphy so they can send Murphy down back to fucking main event because he was a Paul Heyman guy? And now that Paul Heyman's not running Raw, they have no plans for him beyond this little story they're doing. It does seem like the direction they're going. I feel like Murphy has been not directionless because he's been with Rollins, but now that they're breaking apart, basically just trying. I feel like they're just trying to get him off the show. Maybe just try to milk one last storyline out of the guy. But I mean, I, I think man, he'll be going to like main event or superstars very soon. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler beating the duo of Lana and Natalia. The second straight week, they put Lana through a table. And listen, I don't love Lana by any means. I think she's terrible. But I don't think it's any coincidence they put uh, Miro's wife through a table two weeks in a row. Because I think maybe the first time, okay, I kind of get it. I saw some some conspiracy theories. But, like, they didn't put Natalia through a table. They didn't put the Riot Squad through a table. It was Lana both weeks in a row, which I thought was very telling. Uh, do you buy into any of this, or do you think it's a pure coincidence? I mean, even if they did, I mean... No, like it doesn't matter. I'm just... I think it's... It doesn't really matter. No, I mean, probably. I don't know. I, I I think people look into a lot of things. I mean... I don't know. Like, it's something they would do, but it's just something that's not like they're throwing her off a cliff, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like... Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I, I think I know what you're saying. I just... I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe but... I don't know. Who cares? No, well, I mean, she it's nothing new. I'm sure that it doesn't really matter. No, no. The, well, the, the company's petty. I mean, that's nothing new. It's just worth pointing out. But we had that tag team match. Jax Baszler beating Lana Natalia to set up the tag title match for Sunday with the Riot Squad. Thoughts on this, any at all? I just don't really care. The match um, was over in a minute, yeah. Yeah, I don't really care. I mean, the feud's been eh. I don't like Shayna with Nia. Still don't. Nope. Get the titles off them, but... The issue that just really comes down to the tag team, the, either division of the tag teams, the men or women, just is just so limited and just don't really care. So um, I, I like that they got the belts up, Bailey and Sasha, but I would have just put them on the Riot Squad, had Nia and Shayna do their own thing. But I mean, well, I think what you could have done, in my opinion, was have the Riot Squad win, which would have been a cooler moment because when Sasha and Bailey won them, I'm sorry, uh, Shayna and. Uh, Naya beat Bailey and Sasha for them. It wasn't like, it was like, okay, like they're all heel, so why should I give a fuck? Like the Riot Squad winning, they would get this big rub. I don't think they're winning on Sunday, which we'll get to momentarily. You give the Riot Squad the titles, and then you can have Shayna and Naya go for the championship. I would have not liked that, but what you can do, you can have them go for the titles. They lose because they're rivals. You have them beat the shit out of each other after one match. You have Shayna beat her, and then you move on. Because Shayna should be in the Raw Women's Championship picture right now. We've said it before, but they set that up and they're just, they just completely forgot about it. Or they want you to ignore it. Or they want you to forget about it. I just think that makes no sense. Yeah, I just, I would keep them separate. I don't, I don't like Shayna. I mean, I don't like Nia at all. Shayna, I thought, it was kind of the money few was her versus not uh, versus Asuka. Clearly, they haven't gone that direction, but I would break them up soon and then blow it off and then have Shayna go for the belt. Also in the women's division, we had Asuka knocking off Peyton Royce. Um, the match itself was okay. It was definitely was not great. Certainly some sloppy, awkward spots, whatever. But I thought Peyton Royce looked good here. I'm glad it was a competitive match. I wouldn't have done Peyton versus Asuka. I would have done Billy Kay go in there and get fucking killed. But why is it that the Iconics can break up, but they can still, like, come out together? That just didn't make it. That was really weird. And then, so Asuka beats Peyton... And you can just, I mean, again, it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't want Peyton to win, but like, just put Billy in there and then save Peyton and Asuka for down the road. Because I think Peyton could actually, Peyton is a way more intriguing challenger for Asuka, in my opinion, as they were in NXT because they had a couple of matches there, than Zelina Vega. 
I mean, Peyton Royce, they at least attempt to be, it appears they're building her up. So any additional thoughts on this one? So Payne didn't lose. Not Zelina came in there as a disqualification. I, I don't think so. I saw someone else say that. And I think I think Oscar tapped her out, and then Zelina came out and beat the shit out of Oscar. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, I don't believe so. I rewatched it last night. With my dad. I'm pretty sure she she had her in the lock to tap her out, but Zelina got involved. I'm pretty sure. I think she tapped out, and then Zelina came out immediately after. Though I could be. I'll look it up after we're done here. But I'm pretty I sure. Mean, Either I way. Really, really dumb. If I, I thought she got disqualified, so I didn't really hate it as much. I mean, what's the point of doing the match if you're just going to do a disqualification? But, I mean, it seemed like they were building up Peyton to be one of the next challengers, so why the hell would you ever lose on Raw? That wouldn't really make sense. So I, I thought it was a disqualification. Maybe it wasn't. If it wasn't, it's really dumb because it seemed like that was the direction they're going next, having her face probably Oscar next, building her up as a heel. But I, I guess not. I thought, I thought it was disqualification, but... All right, yeah. So I'm I'm rewatching it right now without audio, and it it looks like before the referee rings the bell as soon as Zelina comes in. So you're right. I thought she tapped out because the website I looked it up because I was kind of confused too. WWE.com said that she got she got submitted, and they're fucking. I mean, it's their it's the own company, so that makes no sense how they could get that wrong. But um, yeah. Anyway, I like Peyton being built up as a future challenger, so I thought this was fine. I wouldn't have had her lose even by DQ, but whatever. Uh, real quickly, we get to the main event, quote-unquote. Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, the Cedric Alexander of the Hurt Business, battling Retribution's Mace, T-Bar, and Slapjack. And the match ended in a fucking what else but disqualification after, I think, Dijakovic, like, hit Bobby in the eye? Like, I think it must have been a finger poke. Because if he just punched him, it's still stupid. And even a finger poke, I don't think, would get a DQ. That would just be like a warning. The fact this got thrown out how it did was ridiculous. It's not like someone used a chair or some shit. But this never really got going. It, it broke out into a huge brawl. Orton comes out. RK was McIntyre as a reminder. Oh, we have a pay-per-view on Sunday. This was, again, just one giant mess. And it did not make me care anymore about Clash of Champions than I did before. And it also most certainly did not make me care about Retribution any more than I did before as well. Yeah, it was just the icing of the cake of a terrible show. I just... Uh, I just... I just I don't care. I hate Retribution already. <laughs> it's awful. Overall thoughts on the show and how much of an abysmal mess this was? Yeah, like I said, besides the Raw Underground stuff, I, I didn't really take too many pauses about the show. I guess it was nice that Peyton didn't lose. Um, I don't get, I didn't even touch on it before, I don't get why Peyton and Billy are still friends. Or I mean, they broke them up, so they're like, well, we still could be friends, though. I mean, Then why break them up crazy. then, you know? Exactly. I think it was just a stupid st- stipulation, and now they're back. I don't know, maybe Vince doesn't care about pain anymore, so they're just teaming them up again, but that did seem pretty weird. Like, oh, we can still be friends, though. Even though, I don't know, it's just classic WWE, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought the show sucked overall besides the Raw Underground stuff. Well, of course it made you ten times more excited for the pay-per-view on Sunday, right? Yes. Yes. Clash of Champions coming up on Sunday. We got the kickoff show match. Asuka versus Zelina Vega for the Raw Women's Championship. Before you give your prediction, I, listen, I know it's a match I don't give a shit about. I don't care about Zelina Vega going for the Raw Women's title. We know she's going to lose. And I said earlier, I really hope she goes in there and kills it. I don't think it's going to be that notable of a match. I feel like it's going to be four minutes and we move on. Again, I know it's a match we don't really care about. I would have put this on the main card, not because of Zelina, I think there's, there's this massive outrage. Oh, it belongs on the main card. Like, the match ain't going to be that great, I don't think, nor is it all that notable. 
I just don't think they should put Asuka on the kickoff show. I just don't think that's necessary. I think Cesaro and Nakamura versus the Lucha House Party, although that should be a good match too, it could be a way better match. But storyline-wise, just th- those guys aren't as big of a star, anywhere near as big of a star as Asuka currently. So I would have switched those two matches, although I don't really think it's that big of a deal either way. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the biggest deal to have him on the kickoff show. It just I just think it shows the people that they're not going to do a title change, so you already know what's going to happen. At least with the tag team division, it's just so in the like such in a bad state that even like Lucha House Party could win. I mean, I don't think they're gonna, but I think there's a better chance that they win than Zelina winning um, with it being on the kickoff show. Not even like if it was on the main show, I would think she's going to win either because I think this is just a filler for Oscar right now. But at least make her see it just makes Zelina feel like she just is just like not important at all. I don't know. I just think it obviously Oscar's great too, but. It just shows that I feel like it just shows it's a filler just because it's on the kickoff and they just really don't care where to put it. Well, your prediction is that Oscar wins the match, right? Retains the title, of course. Yeah, Oscar, lol. Yeah, <laughs> clearly a filler feud. It is what it is. I, I don't mind the filler feuds. I just think that when you have someone like a Bianca Belair, who I forgot to mention in our Raw review, they gave her a vignette treatment, which I think is cool. They want to promote her as the EST of WWE, Raw, whatever. Um, I just think she hasn't lost a match on Raw yet. So why wouldn't you put her in that spot? And it's not like, I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt here. It's not like they're thinking, oh, we're going to save Oscar and Bianca for like a big show. They don't care. Bianca's never on Raw, so I don't think they give a shit about that. I think it's more about they just don't want to use her right now. And they would rather put Zelina in that spot. Why? I have no idea. I think Bianca's way better. She has beaten Zelina multiple times, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, anyone in particular you would like to see challenge for the championship coming out of this show? Um... I don't know. Like I said, I I would just do her and Payton, even though it kind of is more filler. I, I would just do Oscar and Payton next. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, at least they can, as long as they build up Payton before then and then they just don't thrust her into the title picture like Zelina, I would be open to that for sure. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Been here, done that. Bailey's won. She's beaten Nikki three times in title matches in the last year. Four of you include Extreme Roles from last summer. Um, not this year, but last year as well. She beat her at the show twice, two years in a row. I just could not care less. The whole I'm just tired of Nikki Cross. I think she's good. Um, the character really hasn't evolved at all. They're trying to show more of a mean streak with her. I just find her obnoxious most weeks. And uh, they're clearly headed to Bailey and Sasha. So this is just another waste of time to get them on the show, uh, per the stipulation of the pay-per-view. And I think Bailey wins, and then we can move on. Yeah, I, I just, I'm over, like you said, been there, done that with Bailey and Nikki. She's beat her so many times, it's do you really care at this point? And the worst part is it feels like the, the story is more about Sasha and Bailey and more about Nikki and Alexis or Alexa. Than <laughs> Alexis, yeah. It, like the story is more based on Sasha and Bailey, what they're going through, and then Nikki and her issues with Alexa. Like that's the two feuds going on, but then they're going to put this in. It's just weird. It just clearly filler, like you said, just to get the point of the show, but. I, I I don't think there's any chance Bailey loses. No, I really don't. I th- I think they can maybe have Sasha cost her the championship, but I think it'd be a massive mistake to have Bailey lose so close to her one-year anniversary as champion and right before they do the Sasha match. I- I'm convinced at this point they're doing the match at Hell in a Cell. I don't think they're going to wait until Survivor Series or TLC or the Rumble or Mania. I think they're doing the first match at Hell in a Cell, and probably Sasha wins there. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I just... It's such a money feud that it would be stupid to blow it off so quickly, but 
I mean, I also wouldn't have Sasha come back like a week after she got her ass kicked and have her mm-hmm. on SmackDown. It was just, whatever happened to like, when someone got their ass kicked and you just wrote them off TV for like two months and they came back and actually meant something. Yeah, they had no patience. They had to Triple H beat the shit out of Shawn Michaels who just came back the next week. <laughs> That's like exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, they had like, I mean, they did build it up for like a month of coup. Like everyone knew it was Triple H. I mean, yeah. Everyone knew he beat up, but it wasn't like Shawn was on the run next week. Like, oh, Triple H, you beat me up. He didn't even come back until SummerSlam. They had that, like, pre-tape when him and Triple H had that back and forth. And he said the same at SummerSlam. I mean, that was iconic. I mean, Minnie Marceau, it's just in my brain forever. <laughs> it's just the way that they do it. It's just like she beat the shot Sasha. She shouldn't be back for, like, at least a month or two to sell the injury. And then you can do so, – Bailey can keep doing it. Like, no one can beat me, yada, yada, yada. I'm the greatest champion of all time. After she basically blows, I mean, she's the real issue. She's beating everyone in the division, so it's not even like she can say, "Oh, like I finally beaten everyone." She's already beaten everyone, so that's that's somewhere that they just obviously I think because of COVID, they've been prolonging the storyline. So I think that's kind of the disconnect at this point, where they're still drawing it out. I, I would have done it at that point. Oh, I've beaten everyone, and then that's when Sasha would come back from injury or being getting her ass kicked, and then mm-hmm. the big moment. Obviously, not doing that, but. That's when you're supposed to do it. It's like, I beat everyone, and then, like I said, she beat Sasha up like a month or two before, and no one can beat me, and then Sasha comes out, and then they have a big brawl, and then they face at the big pay-per-view. Doing that Hell in a Cell, I just, I think their first match on the main roster should be a singles been, match. First singles match on the main roster should be a Hell in a Cell match. No. I understand it's like, a, like a, she beat the shower, so it's like a blood feud, I guess. I mean, I would still do a singles match first, and then build up to the stip match but no exactly they just want to blow their load quick so they're just going to do them a hell in a cell and then we'll move on exactly yeah i think just because the mandalorian's coming out around that point sasha's in it i hate that idea i really do i think doing the first match there have enough issue with you but i think bailey should win and then you can have sasha win down the road but they're not going to do that they're going to put the belt on sasha then and they're going to call it a day um, so also from Clash of Champions, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura defending against Lucha House Party, SmackDown Tag Team titles. They've had a couple of good matches on SmackDown. I just think this is more about breaking up the Lucha House Party than it is Cesaro and Nakamura. So I think Cesaro and Nakamura retain here after issues within the group, and then Kalista goes heel soon after. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there have been few, I've actually been watching SmackDown lately because it's been a superior to Raw, and I mean, I don't love the Lucha House Party, but at least they're finally doing something with these guys. I think a heel turn would do something to change it up. I, I mean, down the road, they'll probably give up on these guys in like a week. But um, no, it's something different. I, I've, I've liked Shinsuke and Cesaro teaming together. Um, I know they faced off, I feel like, a few times before, maybe in like a fatal four-way tag match. Does that sound right? Who are these two teams? Yeah. Yeah, they've been in the they've been in the ring a few times together, right? Yeah, well, they actually had a title match right before SummerSlam, and then Cesaro and Nakamura beat them. Then they had a rematch a couple of weeks ago that Lucha House Party won, which is why they got the title shot. So yeah, they've had a couple matches by now. Yeah, I think I, I, even though they're not I like big names, I, I think all the Lucha House Party members are all good in the ring. So I think in ring wise should be a good match. But like you said, I think the the point of this is the the heel turn for for Kalisto. But um, no, I, I think it should be a good in ring match, and uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke win. Yep, I agree. Uh, Raw Tag Team title Street Profits versus, again, for the 508th time, as Mr. Marcel corrected me earlier, Andrade and Angel Garza. I mean, I think... <laughs> dude, they gotta have Andrade and Garza win. I, I think I said that last month, but, like, you can't keep doing the match if they're just gonna keep winning. 
I think Rollins and Murphy should have won if that was the case. I mean, they've already beaten them too, but like at least it was six months ago. This we just saw two weeks ago. I, I'm going to go with Andrade and Garza simply for the sake of like, there's got to be a reason why they're continuing to do this unless they're winning the titles or unless they just have no plans, which is also very possible. But I feel like this has got to be it. They've gotten so many title shots. They've lost every time. I just don't think there's much money in an Andrade Angel Garza feud right now. I would rather just see them win the titles. And beyond that, there's no teams for the Street Profits to face anyway, unless they face uh, unless they face the Hurt business. But I'm not sure if they want to go in that direction. I would love for them to. Doesn't look like they will though. But I think Andrade and Garza take it here. Yeah, I mean, I just we say it all the time. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like 900 degrees hot, but you're supposed to strike when iron's hot. I thought SummerSlam was the time the put the belts on Garza and Andrade and they, they didn't do that. They teased tension. They broke up. Now they're back together. I just don't give a shit anymore. You said, you said that, um, who else the street problems to face, but if it's, you can say the same thing another way around. If Garza and Andrade, when they'll beat, what's their faces, they'll beat street problems again. Then who else? They, the tag division sucks. I mean, yep. I can't sugarcoat it any more than I, and then that just, there's no teams. The teams they do have are all makeshift that no one really cares about or guys that are, just literally doing nothing at this point. That's basically why Andrade and, and Garza are teaming because they just haven't done anything. They haven't been doing anything at all. So once Andrade lost the United States Championship, they've been floundering on Raw. They put him in a tag team, which I thought had promise. They bungled that. They broke them up from Selena, which was probably the best thing, at least for, for Andrade. And now they're teaming together, and now they're on the same page. I, I guess winning here would be good for them, but... Where do you go from there? They're going to beat the Street Profits one more time. There's no team to in the face. They're going to face fucking Carrillo and Dominic for seven matches in a row. I just, this more, I think, reflects of how bad the tag team division is. I just, I don't know how you neglect it so bad that you've, every team that you have is basically makeshift. It just makes no sense. I just, I understand for them, it's mostly like the big single stars or what's, what they consider like the big money they don't really see tag team wrestling as a big money generator, but at least put a fucking effort in. I just think it's so, it's like putting a, like you said, it's like putting a bandaid over a gunshot wound. They do little things to skate by, but in the end, it means nothing. I mean, they've already let go of four teams already this year. I think maybe four or five. They let go of AOP recently. They let go of uh, Ryder and Hawkins earlier this year. They let go of uh, Gallows and Anderson. They let go of Primo and Epico. They were never on the show anyway, but that was another one. They let go of like, Love breaking up teams. They, 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 the last three or four years, they had a lot of teams from NXT. Not that they're all great, but they had teams that were. Oh, the least, revival too got got released. Yeah, they're at least prominent teams that they called up. I like. I wasn't the biggest Endzone Cast fan, but like they had money there, and they just broke them up. And they both. They, I mean, big American Alpha, of, dude. American Alpha, they broke up. They treated the revival terribly. They Vod villains, not their biggest fan, but they were decent for what they were. They broke them, or they. Got rid of Gotch, and then they basically blundered English. Not like he was great anyways. The Ascension, were they the greatest team? No, but they were good enough, and they debuted them as the Road Warriors, and they flopped right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like, if you looked at the Lucha, Lucha Dragons, I guess the Lucha House by now, they were pretty good. Um, they got broken I mean, up pretty quickly, too. Teams, there are plenty of teams that they just have just thrown to the wayside, and it just it's honestly sad. I just don't know how you mess stuff up that bad, but... Like I said, I think that's not their biggest tag team wrestling is not their biggest priority to them. That's not what makes them money, so they just don't put any investment in it. But at this point, every team basically is a makeshift team, and it just who cares? You can go who to cares? Harper. What'd you say? I just said who cares at this point? Yeah, Harper and Rowan they got yep. rid of. It's an, I mean, 
I liked them together. I thought they were good in the tag team. They had a great match with the Usos. Got rid of them. Like at this point, just disband the whole tag team division at this point because it means literally nothing. It's a joke. I mean, I honestly think I don't know if this is an exaggeration that the Street Profits are the greatest team to come from NXT. I mean, honestly, they've held the belt for six months now. They were NXT tag team champions for a while. They're almost always on the show. And they didn't. their their segments aren't always the greatest. I think they're a little annoying sometimes. That weekend after the update or whatever the fuck that was was terrible. But um, I you know they, I think they might be the most successful team to ever come from NXT. And the revival have had more title reigns, but they were always losers. And the Street Profits have been booked better. I just that's crazy to me. Listing off the teams that you did, none of them amounted to anything. AOP ended up doing nothing. It's just amazing to me. Forgot about AOP. Jesus Christmas. Yeah. Forgot about AOP. Like. I, they, undisputed there should just stay right where they are no seriously I think besides the Street Profits I don't think any of those other teams are even in the company anymore no I don't think they are either I'd be surprised if you went back and looked at all the NXT Tag Team Champions if anyone besides the Street Profits are still with the company maybe no, like no. a mid team like Joe or I think maybe Joe and Balor had the belts a little bit or some random team that they might have thrown the belts on quickly but besides like Kalisto uh and the Street Profits, I don't think anyone else is still with the company. Well, I mean, even with Kalisto, his partner with Sin Cara, and he's gone too, so you can kind of count that, you know. Yeah, Neville, I, I'm pretty sure at one at the beginning, Neville and... Yeah, that guy Oliver Gray or something, he's gone I too. Mean, they're both not with the company anymore. It just, I just, like I said, I think they neglect the tag team division. They were just like sleeping on the Usos and New Day bed, and the New Day have kind of got stale, and they're all hurt at this point, and then... With the Usos, they're either getting DUIs or getting hurt, so not sure that's the best bed you want to sleep on, but uh, <laughs> the tag is a joke, and I, I just hope they can change it. Even the NXT tag team division shit, so yeah. it's not even like I say right now that they're doing any better. They have an old veteran team as their champions, and they don't have a ton of challengers, so WWE needs to figure it out, or they might as well just hand over every tag team to AEW, because, I, mean, I mean, I hope they don't do that. They already have enough teams as well, but... Um, you gotta figure it out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think Triple H has got to a point where he's like, "Why should I continue building up teams if they're just gonna get destroyed?" So he probably just started neglecting his own tag team division. Although I'm sure that's not the case, but it's just funny to think about because literally none of their tag team champions have ever amounted to really anything. Yeah, they won a couple titles here and there. American Alpha had like a month long title reign, so did AOP. But they're all they're all losers, and they're all most of them are gone. Chad Gable's still there. Jason Jordan retired. It's not like they were. It's not like they broke up. It's not like Jordan retired as part of that tag team. He retired after they broke them up within a year, which was a complete joke. Actually, less than a year. But we move right along here. Bobby Lashley, Apollo Cruz. Lashley just won the belt. Got to retain here, right? I mean, that's a pretty, pretty much of a slam dunk. Yeah, yeah, you got to retain here. I mean, I'm over it at this point. Um, yeah, I'm just move on. I, I, I don't know where you go next. But you got to move on from this. Yeah, I think the, I, I like the first match they had, but Bobby's got to win. They got to move on to new challengers. Um, Intercontinental Championship, or actually, even before we get to that, another match I don't really care about. We'll just get out of the way here. Nia Jax, Shayna versus the Riot Squad. I would love to see the Riot Squad win. I would love for the Jackson Nia thing to be short term. I don't think they'll take the belts off them this quickly. I would love for them to. I don't think they will. Um, so I think, and they were kind of teasing on Raw Talk. Oh, you'd be the shortest reigning champions if you lost, which goes to show they're going to win. So, I think Jax and Shayna are going to retain here. Yeah, I agree. I just... I just don't... I just... It's another thing. It, like, I I don't like them teaming together. I like the Riot Squad for what they are. But if Shayna... Like, Shayna and them win, if they win, like, what do you do next? That's the issue. It's another division that there's nothing... 
who are they going to face down in NXT? I just even with the even if the Riot Squad win, it just there's no one really team. Like they're going to face Natalia and Lana every week. Like no, thank you. So it's just another division that they've blundered and. Just get rid of every tag team belt. Oh, my God. I'm getting, like, annoyed just thinking about it. Yeah, the tag team division all around with the men and the women is just complete shit. I mean, honestly, it might make more sense at this point for Jackson Shane to go to NXT and face off with Casey and and Caden. I mean, honestly, I think that's inevitable. I just take the belts and throw them in the toilet at that point. I love Casey and Caden Carter, but, uh, I mean, they're greener than goose shit, so if they're if, they're, if that's the challenges they got to go against, just throw the belts in the trash at that point. <laughs> we get to Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship. Winner take all is what they're calling it, even though Sami's not the actual champion. Um, this looks like a great match on paper. I really, 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 really hope it doesn't disappoint because this could be an awesome match. They, I, I You know, I got to be honest, though. They are so drunk on having ladder matches. I counted the other day, I think on Hashtag or something. They've had like a dozen ladder matches between NXT, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT UK in the last year and a half. Starting starting back with the ladder match that we saw in NXT for the tag titles at TakeOver 25, they've had at least 10 to 12 ladder matches in that time, which is fucking ridiculous. But this should be good, though. Uh, th- these guys are all great. This one is actually one of the more unpredictable matches on the show. I think Jeff's going to retain, though. I think uh, AJ would be my next pick. Or I don't know. Um, this one's tough, but I'm, uh, my gut says Jeff. And then maybe we see Jeff and Sammy from there. But it, it could really go any way here. Yeah, I think I think this would be a good match. Uh, uh, I don't know. I kind of like Sammy. Like, he's kind of like the dick heel. I could see him kind of win, like... Him winning, get like a little cheap win, and then you can have Jeff beat him down the line and make it even bigger. Um, I, it's one of those matches. Like, I don't really care. Honestly, I wouldn't be hate if anyone won won this match. It's one of the. That's one of those matches that I really like. Like, I don't. I, I wouldn't hate if anyone won here. So I think it'll be a good match. Like you said, they kind of have done the ladder match to death lately. But I mean, they don't have climb the ladder pay-per-view so what do you expect i mean they got to get them out and around smackdown it's not just november again they can't just have ladder matches so they just spread them out throughout the whole year so um i'm gonna go with sammy i i don't know if he'll win but i'm gonna go with sammy why not yeah okay a surprise pick i don't mind it i don't mind it because i could definitely see that happening we get to the top two matches on the show roman reigns jay uso universal championship it's reigns's match to win i guess it's more a matter of how quickly does he win? Will it be a two-minute match, a five-minute match, a ten-minute match? Will it be competitive, a straight squash? I think it's going to be a competitive match. I give it ten minutes. I would like to see Reigns go out there and kill the guy, but I think they're going to have a good match, and then after Reigns wins, they'll have Reigns just kill him either on you know afterward or on SmackDown or something, because I feel like that should be the whole purpose of this of this storyline. Um. Yeah, I think now that you put it that way, I didn't really think of it. I mean, if anyone kicks his ass and like, 30 seconds and just like gets on the mic and was like yeah you've never been as good as me or like you you suck or something that'd be great i mean then you can just uh i never really thought of the, how long the match was gonna go until you just put it that way mm-hmm. I, I think i would have it just be like a quick squash honestly i love jay uso but he's not a singles wrestler I, I just would have roman kick his ass maybe say that he's not worth the annoy family i don't know just like shit on him after the fact Maybe bring up the Make-A-Wish kids again. Um, <laughs> just go straight heel. Just be a straight dick. Like I said, be like, you know, you're a cousin, like you're worthless. And just and then, like you said, you can beat the shit out of him after that, too. Then I don't know what you do with Jay there because I don't know. I think Jimmy's 
out hurt? Is that right? Yeah, Jimmy's out hurt, and I don't know how much longer he'll be gone for. Probably a little while, though, I think. So then he just goes to Superstars and does, does that for a little bit, because, uh, I mean, I don't know what you do with them. I, I would love to see them teaming, like, not that they have to, like, not that they really need a faction, but I, I, I would like to see, once the Usos come back, um... Have them go put, heel, yeah, and join with Roman. Do, like, the Brotherhood again, but, like, a heel faction, and then they have, have Heyman as, like, the mouthpiece, but, um, some, some, I mean, I don't know, maybe you have, maybe you do have, like, a competitive match here, Roman kind of, like, gives him his blessings, I guess, and you could have maybe Jay join in the interim as, like, a lackey for Roman, um, I don't know, it's, I, I, I don't know how you're gonna put this, but, uh, I'm more interested to see what they do with it, but I think there's multiple directions they can go here. You can have him beat the shit out of Jay, um, go on their separate ways, maybe have a competitive match. He joins with Roman, kind of as a lackey, until his brother comes back, and then they can form as like a group. But I'm interested to see what they do now, now that I put those uh, ideas in my head. <laughs> yeah. I would rather see the, the, the straightforward 30-minute squash. I think it'll be more of a competitive match, and they'll build the Roman going heel, but I think now is the time. I mean, he already is a heel, but like outright killing Jay... Um, that would be cool, just because we already have eight matches on the main card, one on the kickoff. They might add one or two more that aren't title matches. Uh, we don't need more than that. You know, I think the show should be kept to two and a half hours. No reason to not have a 30-second universal title match, so I think that'd be perfect. But yeah, I would like to see the faction. We've been, you know, preaching and praising that for like four and a half years now, as well as other people, dating back to when Roman just won the WWE title at the WrestleMania 32 uh, they were teaming together, Roman and the Usos, but they turned AJ and Anderson and Gallows heel instead because why else? It's WWE. But yeah, I think it would be perfect um, to do that now. So hopefully we get that at some point. We get to the main event and, uh, you know, to its credit, it's not predictable. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, ambulance match for the WWE Championship. This could definitely go either way. Um, I would like to see Keith Lee involved. He hasn't been pinned yet and he pinned Orton. But he got kicked in the head on Monday, so I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we even—I don't even think we even see him here either. I don't think he pops up. Um, I'm going to say Randy Orton. I just think—I don't know. Yeah. I think Orton wins, and maybe they build a one more match at Hell in the Cell, and that's where Drew loses, or Keith Lee goes heel, and they can build a Drew and Keith or something like that. I'm not really sure, um, but I, I just got a feeling. I thought Orton would win at the pay-per-view at SummerSlam, a lot like Andrade and Garza, and he didn't. And they didn't either. But I think this is their night for both for all those guys to win. So uh, Orton's my pick to walk out as champion. How about you, Mr. Marcel? Um, I mean, I can see Randy winning here, but it's one of those things. I just, I, I love Randy. I thought the whole build up to SummerSlam was great. He lost there. I just feel like he's cooled down immensely since that show. I think he's definitely been good with the whole flip flopping with with Keith and then Randy and then like the random backstage fights. I just. I don't know. I just, I don't think, I thought, I think the right time to put the belt on Randy was at SummerSlam. At this point, I just, not that I don't want to see it happen. I just don't think it's, I just think they missed the opportunity. I, I mean, they definitely could still put the belt on Randy. I just don't think people will care as much. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I'll go with Randy, but I, I feel like he's cooled off so much since the initial start that I'm not even like clamoring for at this point. Before I really wanted to see him as champion, now I'm kind of just like, eh. So you're sticking with McIntyre then? No, I'll, I'll go with Randy. I just don't. I think they. I think they bungled this. I think the belt should have been on Randy at SummerSlam. I think they've foiled the whole thing. I think Randy was hot as hell going into SummerSlam. And I think. Like I said, I think he's cooled off immensely since then. 
Yeah, I don't know if I would say mentally, but he's definitely cooled off a little bit. I would agree with that. Um, the three Claymore kicks, the three punk kicks bullshit, I just think it's stupid. I think the ambulance match stuff is stupid. We talked about it last week. Yeah, Kane and Shane had a great match, but that was a long time ago. And every other one since then has been pretty stupid. So anyway, um, yeah, I got I got Drew winning. I'm sorry, I got Randy winning here as well. Um, just to keep the feud going, which I'm sure they want to do, which they don't need to. But this is WWE, and they're keeping Rollins and Ray going, so why not? And last question, any chance we see Retribution show up on Sunday? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I, I guess you could, and then I guess you could. And just Randy, I mean, Randy could be like the head of it, not like I really want that to happen. I mean, I don't think they've attacked Randy at all. Um, so I, I guess they could say he's the one that's been behind them. Um, don't really care, honestly. <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't think they've ever attacked Randy. I mean, he came out on Raw and he attacked Drew. He didn't attack any of them. So yeah, and like they've attacked Keith and and, and uh, Drew. So uh, I have a fear that they're going to get involved, and then Randy will win. And like I said, he'll be like the fucking head of it, and I don't care. Um, he's always better in factions. I say that, but this faction is already so I don't give a shit about. That. I don't even think Randy could save it. So I hope not knowing them. That means they're going to do it. And then I can stop watching Raw every week. So um, we'll see what <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going to say I don't want them to. But I'm also going to go on a limb here and say no. Just because I, we all thought they would at SummerSlam. They weren't there. I mean, Payback is a synonym for retribution. They weren't there either. So I'm going to go off on a limb and say they're going to keep them off the pay-per-views. They're going to be exclusive to Raw. They care more about ratings anyway. So they want to, like, oh, Retribution's going to be on Raw. Like, who cares? Like, anyone gives, like anyone actually gives a shit. I was going to say, not like anyone. I'm, no one's tuning in to Raw. I hate to break it to them. No one's tuning in to Raw to see Retribution. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody <laughs> cares. But I'm going to go off on a limb and say they won't be there, and I hope they won't be. But watch them show up anyway and have Randy win, and then they can get this giant authority-esque, dumbass faction that no one gives two shits about. Because why else, why else would they be doing this? Unless it was leading to that, because this is WWE after all. But that is it for Clash of Champions predictions. That is it for WrestleRant Radio, Mr. Marceau. Great time as always. People can find you on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. Myself at at WrestleRant. New episodes every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. I've got new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play. And next week, we're breaking down TakeOver, whatever the hell it is, the next NXT TakeOver special. For next Sunday, we're doing predictions for that and a, and a review of a Clash of Champions. So that's coming up next week. People can look forward to that. Any closing remarks, Mr. Marceau? We're right off into the sunset here. I got nothing. I'm, mean, not looking for, I'm not looking forward to Clash of Champions. But you are looking forward to your Retribution shirt coming in the mail, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still waiting for the Y2, uh, G, uh, Y2 <laughs> AJ. Shirt. Still hasn't come in yet, but I'm still waiting on that one. I think it's slowing down due to the pandemic, so it'll be there soon enough. All right, sounds good. Take care, Mr. Marcel. I'll catch your ass next week. Later.